Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Hope you're doing well. I'm bringing you a new episode today. Hope that it brings you tremendous value. Um, got any thoughts or takeaways um, during or after the episode? Drop me a line on Twitter or Instagram, at GoMaluku on both platforms. And as always, please enjoy the episode. This is the GoMaluku Podcast. So what is the role of uh, multilateralism in reimagining a or imagining or designing a new social contract that strengthens the inclusiveness and responsiveness of institutions to achieve the 2030 agenda? Um, how do we improve the accountability, uh, delivery and efficiency, efficiency uh, of the multilateral system as a whole? Any, any um, big question, however, any, any thoughts on that? Well, Mario Fernandez has already spoken quite eloquently to the need to reform multilateralism, um, including within uh, the, the UN system. And I, I totally wholeheartedly agree with, with those comments. You know, this is a different world from when the, the UN Charter was adopted in 1945. And, and not only has, you know, the world changed in fundamental ways, such as uh, including the global south in a more robust way than it was before, but uh, also in terms of values, um, uh, the the kind of political arrangements that were in place in 1945 or so that were acceptable then are not acceptable now. The understanding of uh, of uh, the rights of indigenous peoples is a prime example of of how the world has been uh, more expansive in in terms of developed more expansively in terms of uh, of understanding. Uh, the rights and, and values of different segments of, of the world's population in a more progressive and just way. Um, what I would say, uh, the role of multilateralism um, can be, uh, if, if we think of it in, in a reimagined, more, more uh, adequate to the current circumstances um, way is, is to see multilateralism be more, um, a lot of people don't like this word, but I think it's useful to be more pragmatic, to actually uh, address problems, to be able to, to, to be more streamlined, uh, not so duplicative for it to have, uh, be able to uh, deploy more efficiently support, including financial aid to, to local initiatives and also the initiatives of indigenous peoples. I think the current multilateralism that we see produces a lot of uh, paper. Um, there's a lot of talk. Now I think talk is good. I think, you know, uh, understanding about issues, problems and values can shift with a lot of dialogue. And we saw that uh, over the, the years and decades preceding the declaration on the rights of indigenous peoples. We saw attitudes among governments uh, shift towards one of, uh, uh, of of accepting the right of self-determination of indigenous peoples and accepting indigenous peoples as peoples from one from a position in the 1980s early 1980s mid 1980s and before that of rejecting that notion so so dialogue is good but uh, and resolutions and studies are good but I, I think what we've learned is that more resolution, more documents, more studies is, uh, is not the solution. Uh, there, there needs to be uh, a, 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 a pragmatic action-oriented 
orientation to uh, multilateralism, in, in my view, especially if we're going to see real change happen toward the implementation of the 2030 agenda, you know, which really is a quite bold agenda, speaking to the need to address and eradicate poverty to uplifting um, uh, countries whose economies are suppressed or uh, the need to address uh, climate change and the other issues facing uh, humanity, um, including issues having to do with the conditions of indigenous peoples and lack of respect for their rights. Uh, very action-oriented uh, methodologies need to be developed and institutional orientations need to be uh, in, implemented for, for multilateralism to really, to really, really work to address um, uh, the world's needs today and, and the aspirations and rights of indigenous peoples. And, and this, this fits with, with our discussion about the implementation gap. Um, with the multilateralism of today uh, produces more paper, produces more dialogue. Some of it useful, but a lot of it repetitive in my view. Uh, the multilateralism needs to be more action oriented to, to, uh, to bridge that uh, implementation uh, gap and to see the rights that are uh, referred to in these documents, the rights of self-determination, the land rights of indigenous peoples actually implemented on the ground, actually operationalized on the ground. Yes, well, definitely. I, I think that uh, as I was uh, saying before, if, uh, just go through the 17 sustainable development goal and uh, goals and, and just add uh, a filter. And the filter uh, is indigenous people's rights and, and the UN political and the, the UN declaration on the rights of, of indigenous peoples. Just building and, and put them together and, and you will see uh, what you find. And, and unfortunately, what we will find is not very encouraging. Um, and, uh, and look at how countries uh, report back through their voluntary national reviews on progress towards achieving the 2030 agenda. And, uh, and so, so few, you know, um, uh, countries have indicators on indigenous people's uh, rights. And, and it's, it's really worrisome because I think that one of the challenges is data and, and proper information. And uh, I am a, a commissioner of, of the uh, um, Lancet Commission on COVID. And uh, we have done a lot of a research and tried to, to gather data on, on COVID and indigenous peoples. And it's so difficult to have disaggregated data, good quality data, proper information. And, and that's also the responsibility of, of states, uh, but with the full engagement of indigenous peoples. And in that, I think it's one of the issues that we need to tackle and address seriously, uh, the data and quality information gap. Otherwise, you cannot measure, you cannot compare, you cannot understand what is that you should be doing better. And, and, and that's, uh, in my opinion, one of the challenges. And, uh, and the other uh, challenge, I, I would say, is that uh, what are the, the sustainable development goals that are relevant uh, to indigenous people's lives and rights? Um, 
and I think it very much depends on the agenda and, and very much depends on the priorities and very much depends on uh, a, a, a cultural reading of uh, the right to development of indigenous peoples worldwide. And, um, and I think that perhaps this exercise uh, that uh, the UN Forum does uh, should be precisely that, uh, you know, a proper reading of the 2030 agenda through the eyes of indigenous peoples uh, worldwide. And uh, in, in doing that, you know, being making sure uh, that this indigenous worldview of the 2030 agenda is, uh, you know, comes to life uh, when uh, um, um, decisions are taken, uh, you know, at the community level, but at the national, at the regional level as well, and uh, at, uh, at, the, at the UN level uh, as well. So um, I, I, I think that the, there is a lot of, of pending homework. Uh, uh, as I say, um, there is this uh, paradox because uh, uh, on one hand, uh, the numbers are not very promising if, if you look at uh, indigenous peoples. But on the other hand, uh, the potential, the, the, the creativity, the intellect, um, coming from indigenous peoples is so much needed for this new social contract, whatever name you want to, to, to give it, but th this new social uh, I, I say scaffold, this new agreement, this new opportunity to reconcile um, making, making. Uh, I, I heard the Secretary General once said, uh, "We need to make peace uh, with nature, but I think we need to make peace among ourselves." And if this is called a new social contract, perfect. Uh, and, and, and for that, I think we we really need a, a multilateral architecture that reflects that, that reflects uh, the situation, the conditions, the, the geopolitics of the 21st century, uh, the decolonization uh, processes that happen after, after 1945. They need to be properly uh, reflected in this new uh, multilateral architecture. And as we think about the UN, uh, for the future generations. And uh, we are given an opportunity, as, as I repeat constantly, this is a whole of society effort. It's not only the responsibility of, of, of member states. It is about the voice of indigenous peoples, of civil society, of academia, of the scientific community, of the private sector. And I believe that the private sector and the philanthropic community, they, they both have a, a critical role to play in a very horizontal and respectful uh, dialogue process and co-building process as well. So there is a lot, of, I, I, I don't like to be very prescriptive, but I do think that when we speak about building forward better, building back better after the pandemic, uh, we really need to sit down and, and, uh, and have a checklist that we all agree upon. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's as when we speak about sustainable development, it can mean 
you know, if, if we ask here, if I ask you, Ghazali, or, uh, you know, everybody, uh, the audience that is following us, uh, more than 500 people, uh, we all would have perhaps a different uh, response, a different way to describe sustainable development. Uh, in the same way, I think, that when we speak about building forward better, uh, we need to come up with minimum common denominators that are... Uh, center uh, in human dignity, in human rights, uh, in the main instruments like the um, the UN Declaration, uh, and in say these are the fundamentals for for the world of today, and in uh, in use of course the the very useful uh, framework of the Sustainable Development Goals and the 2030 Agenda. In, in again, uh, is so worrisome that we commit to so many things, but when it comes to numbers and data, it, it doesn't uh, reflect, uh, you know, the the uh, the effort and the outcome. Usually, there is a sort of a disconnection in between, and and we have seen that with the IPCC report that came up today. It's so worrisome. And uh, we know that who suffers from the climate crisis, who suffers from the climate destabilization, the small island developing states, the, the vulnerable populations worldwide, uh, the, the millions of climate refugees are increasing worldwide. And, uh, and let's hope that this... Uh, multi-millionaire uh, stimulus packages that we're seeing, especially in the industrialized world, uh, really are uh, translate into greener, uh, more inclusive uh, um, development. And uh, because we cannot have uh, uh, the same old system, same old uh, way of behaving, the same old way of taking decisions. Um, concentration of power and wealth is is uh, it hurts when you look worldwide and I think we need to do something about it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the episode. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast. It would mean the world to me um, if you did that. Have a great day. <laughs>